live around the world, this is Paper Cuts with Brad and Jay. We'll just get this out of the way here. Thanks for joining us on Brad's show. Yeah, thanks for coming to my show. You I did not say shenanigans. <laughs> okay. Are you, are you drinking already? No, I've just got water. Just got water. <laughs> Always looking smooth, aren't you? Yeah, I, I, I do. I try to clean up for the show. Look, one of us has to. Come on. Let's get ready to chat with Holly Ray Garcia. We are live. Oh, shoot. That's my cue. What's up, everyone? Welcome okay. to another exciting episode of Paper Cuts, a spooky episode. This makes this really Hello. cheesy, by the way. I just realized, <laughs> like, I went most of the day without realizing it's Friday the 13th. But I, now that I recall walking my dog this morning, I mean, the moon was, like, really heavy. Oh, I walked my dog at 4.30 in the morning, by the way. And, uh, yeah, the <laughs> moon was, like, like wild like crazy good question why jay <laughs> oh, i think i'm I, because i'm up and <laughs> no one else is up and he's up and he sees me put my shoes on and he thinks it's time to go for a walk at 4 30 in the morning so we do it the weather's nice right now so we do it we, we do it oh. we do it. that's enough mummy what's up everyone my name is jay over there is every bird's dream brad what? bird's dream what don't, is that don't you have, don't you have a, a little story about being shit on by a bird this week. Yeah, a bird crapped on my shoulder earlier in the week. <laughs> what? <laughs> nice. Today, a bird crapped on my mom, too. <laughs> we went What's to with your family, man? I don't know. Nuts. Honey. All right, but tonight uh, with us, we have... From a, are you in Texas, right? I am in Texas. Uh, from a secret bunker in Texas. I don't know <laughs> what it is. I think we've done several shows this season with people in Texas. So we need to go back and check it out. But she's the <laughs> author of Come Join the Murder, uh, The Eastern Falls Massacre, Bigfoot's Revenge. And her newest one hits us in the face May 20th. Correct? Yes. Parachute. We get to hang out tonight with Holly Ray Garcia. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here with us. What's going on? Uh, I know we won't, we won't keep you too long because I know, you know, Texas is apparently where, you know, the, the party life is. So, oh, yeah, it is Friday night there. <laughs> right. And so, since it's, having me. so since it's Friday the 13th, are you a fan of those movies at all? Yes. Uh, not as much as my husband. He's like a super fan. But um, yeah, yeah, I like him. <laughs> Just you like him. Which one's he, your favorite, Jay? He's more the slasher fan. I'm more like the the creature fan, like King Kong and stuff. Okay. Of the uh, Friday the 13th or just all of them? Friday the 13th. God, I mean, like if you're going with cheese factor, uh, the one when he's in Manhattan, right? <laughs> that was pretty funny. Like, and then, and then the, the Jason X in space, that was that yeah. one is my favorite of the series, yeah. Oh, that one's so bad. <laughs> I th that's why. I mean, if you go with the cheese factor, I mean, my yeah. favorite, my favorite part of that is the uh, uh, the simulation or whatever they did going back to the seventies at the camp. And uh, <laughs> hey, you want to smoke some weed, have some sex with the women, <laughs> and, and they, they just put them in the, in the body bag, the sleeping bags, or sit in a tree. Yeah, that was. The the oh, one where geez. they froze the person and smashes their face against the wall. That was a pretty good kill. Yeah. 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 I think the we, third one's already my got favorite. off the subject already. How do we get no, on? It's, it's Friday the 13th. <laughs> it's on the subject. It is the subject. Yeah. I like the third one where he finally gets his hockey mask. I think that's funny. His 
He's so iconic for the hockey mask. We didn't get it till the third movie. Is it the third one he gets it? it that's yeah. correct, right? That is because he's not in the first one. And he has the like a bag one, over got, his face. He's right? got the bag over his head for okay. the second one. Yeah, I just, I like, I just remember actually, the Manhattan one was just so cheesy with the like the gang outside with the boombox and <laughs> that whole. Yeah. So you went to uh, you went to Fright Fest recently, right? I did. It was so much fun. It was so crowded, though. Uh, but met some really cool people. Was Kane Hodder there? No, he was not there. Uh, Tom Savini was there. Um, yeah, I saw your picture with him. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Robert England, of course. Um, oh, really? We got a picture with him and uh, Heather Langenkamp, uh, who was Nancy. Yeah, I have his book. His book's really cool. Whose book is it? Tom Savini's. Tom Savini's. It's all about his uh, making the mask and the prosthetics and everything for a bunch so, of his movies. Era publisher, uh, Dark Ink, who published uh, "Come Join the Murder," also Kane mm-hmm. Hodder and Tom Savini's books. And Ryan, okay, we're at Tom Savini's. Like he's signing a thing for us, right? And Ryan is like my biggest fan, and he's like, "Hey, uh, y'all, she shares a publisher with you," and I don't think he. He cared. <laughs> it was nice. He didn't get yeah. as excited as, as we hoped he would. So. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that with uh, Dark Ink because I know they do a lot of Kane Hodder stuff. Like they, they, they do. have this. this uh, and I was going to bring it up later, but you know, I have the Generation X. Uh, oh, I love that one. Because you do have a story of that. But I mean, I was going to bring it up after a parachute talk. They're actually <laughs> Friday 13th sale at Dark Ink. So go check out their sale. Oh, that's right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so your newest, well, not released yet. So I guess we could your latest uh, parachute. What's the reaction been so far for those that you've sent the uh, advanced copies out to? All positive feedback, I'm assuming, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's been really positive. Um, I'm trying to think. I think the the like lowest star was like a three and a half, but she rounded it up to four. So um, it's been, I think we've gotten like 23 on Goodreads and then a few like articles here and there. Um, it's, it's done well so far. I'm pretty. Who's a, who's a three and a half? We're going to find her. That, that's just... <laughs> no, no, no. She had uh, three still good. Three. Um, good. It's, a, it's a joke. It's just a running because we, you always have to round up with Goodreads yeah. and Amazon and all that stuff. Well, so. And a Goodreads system, three means you liked it. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm not mad about that. Uh, I the only time like probably reviews like make me just question things is like come join the murder. The the blurb like on the back it's like the very first line is her four year old son like dies, and mm-hmm. was like uh, I don't like the child death, so uh, I give it two stars. <laughs> you knew a child died. But, well, I mean, okay. To their defense, I try not to read that on the back oh too i like to go into it totally blind at sometimes just sometimes i mean if i want just want something totally crazy so yeah that maybe that's what they did i don't know <laughs> but uh Mix. how much fun how much fun did you have writing this i mean was did you were you literally reminiscing about the 90s and the old days yeah um angst <laughs> <laughs> oh i wrote it during NaNoWriMo in November, okay, uh, I had sort of like, I knew like chapter heading, like I knew what was going to happen each time they lifted the parachute. But other than that, I, that's all I had written. Um, and just like a one line thing. 
but uh, yeah, so it's weird. It's kind of based <clears throat> on my friend group for, and I graduated in 97 and it's the, the Polk elementary is my elementary school um, that's mentioned in there. And there's a lot that, and we really did night fish um, at the beach. And so a lot of it, uh, the silver bullet really was my first car. So there, it was almost autobiographical, except, you know, clearly we didn't uh, get uh, consumed by a parachute, <clears throat> <laughs> but it was, it was nice. Uh, I made like a playlist for my website page on it. And I'm just going through memories with that. It's, it's nice. It was a lot of fun. I had to change names of all the friends, of course, because I don't want them to recognize themselves and get mad. Nice. Nice. Did Were you one of those kids when you were a teenager? Did you hang out at school after hours? I saw that in your review. So <laughs> we, I, I never, I never did that. I never got that because most people didn't want to be in school to begin with. Right. Why would you go hang out afterwards? <laughs> we hung out on top of, an, and it was not abandoned. It was a, a current elementary school that was close to one of the guy's houses and it was easy to get onto the roof. And so they would smoke weed on the roof of this, this elementary school. Um, and I don't know why that was just so peaceful. Like, I, I don't, you know, when so you're that the weed. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know people who, 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 Hey, let's go hang out at school on Saturday. What? No. <laughs> hey, what are you doing Saturday? I thought we'd go over to hang out at the jungle gym or the dome or what? Why? You want to hear a funny story? So of course I, I was a goody goody in school. Um, and when I say they smoked weed, like I tried it one time and I hated it. So I never did um, again, but I got Saturday D hall on purpose so I could see what it was like before I graduated. <laughs> <laughs> and I just read my book the whole time. So it wasn't terrible. It was, it was kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> you got to sit, <laughs> sit down and read your book in peace. Exactly. <laughs> You should have got D Hall more often then, right? I know. My dog's wanting me to throw her toy. Leave me alone. No. Do it. Right. Go for it. So <laughs> did you knock over your phone, your computer, all that stuff? Can't start it because then you, you she won't let you stop. Yeah, Justin's got a question. What did you do to get your Saturday D Hall? Uh God, I don't remember. <laughs> I I was probably like tardy a bunch of times. I don't remember, honestly. So Nothing really that bad. No, like I didn't cuss out a teacher or anything. <laughs> I don't think I ever got Saturday school, but I had to go on Saturdays. I remember in middle school to uh, work on a computer project. So I was in there with the Saturday school people. So I'd be walking in at eight o'clock in the morning and people probably think, oh, he's got Saturday school with everyone else. No, I'm just working on a project here. I'm a nerd. You know, <laughs> I think I had it one time. I don't remember what it was for, but I never really got in trouble in school very much either. Funny, goody tissue. Um, <laughs> but no, I, as far as like parachute goes, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of uh blurbs. You actually have a couple blurbs on your uh website, but uh, one one that I really like is from Rebecca Rowland a fresh tale of nostalgia that goes horribly wrong in the most delish, delicious ways, and, and that really sums up parachute. First of all, I'm a big fan of Rebecca Rowland, that's a side, sto side story there. Um, but yeah, that, I, mean, I think that blurb just, you know, that's the book in a nutshell. I mean, there's a lot of nostalgia in there. I, I still am a little angry that the fact that the <laughs> nasty teenager wiped his greasy hands on a Pearl Jam shirt. Um, Did you wear that shirt today on purpose, Jay? 
it was kind of a coincidence. <laughs> I actually have, I actually had a different one on and then I was working on the pool and put on, you know, put this one on. So I had to cut grass and change my shirt and all that stuff. So, but right. yeah, that, that still ir irritates me a little bit. I thought about taking a star <laughs> off for that. Just <laughs> FYI. Um, but you know, I'll live with it. So did you Brad, play you've with read the, it, right? I have what? read it. Yeah. I read okay, it the other. Just... I read it like if I wouldn't have started it at like midnight and fallen asleep, I would have read it in one sitting. It made you fall asleep? No. No, it was like midnight. <laughs> yeah, he kind of said that wrong, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> no, I blew I blew through it. I looked up, it was like I'm 30% done. I just started like 30 minutes ago. Yeah. So did you play with the parachute in elementary school like that? Yes, I loved that game. It was so much fun. Although we, I was just trying to think of other things we did in elementary school. Um, we, you know, the the stick things that they like did this click, 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 click with them, and you like jumped in between them. Yes, those I do not remember those. But we didn't have we didn't have the real ones. We just actually had to grab like some sticks. <laughs> I, I went to Columbus Public Schools, and there was like no funding, so yeah. <laughs> we also did. Um, square dancing i don't know if that's a texas thing or if everybody did that that's gonna be a texas thing we I did a bunch of them. we did like the macarena and stuff all the time and the electric slide and things like that in, in gym he's class younger, rj we, <laughs> what's that he's younger yeah i was gonna say what <laughs> the yeah i remember our parachute though was not one of the colorful parachutes it was probably like a one sewn together by t-shirts or something it was like a, a, a dingy brown and a dingy orange color hmm. and yellow you know and it wasn't like the colorful like blues and reds and stuff so like in, in your story you're talking about the the colors of the lights coming through and everything i'm just thinking mine was just you know highlighting <laughs> the fluorescent lights were highlighting the dirt on the on the floor on the nine by nine asbestos tiles that i'm sure we're going to die from eventually and you just, didn't have yeah. wood floors in your gym no they were they were the oh. uh, you know the what are you seven by seven or nine by nine tiles that you know it came out many years later they were full of asbestos and <laughs> <laughs> See, ours, yeah. was, ours was a wood gym and they had the basketball goals they would retract them up mm -hmm. when they had yeah. like an assembly and stuff you had like yeah. the bleachers that you'd pull pull out yeah from the, the bleachers pulled out and we had to run laps all the time there was the rope to climb, and we did the parachute every now and then. We'd play dodgeball a lot, which I feel like they don't play dodgeball now. It's too violent. Uh, they probably use foam balls or something. I don't know. <laughs> probably. But my, my son's school, and now my daughter goes there, they still do the parachute there, which I don't know anybody else that still does that. They go to like a Montessori school, and they still do the parachute for recess really? sometimes. That's cool. Yeah, the uh, with the square dance, we actually had to like have an after-school like show for our parents where we had to dress up in these frilly lacy oh. dresses. It was awful. Wow. I have pictures. <laughs> I, that's got to be a Texas thing. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. Was your gymnasium separate from your cafeteria and your auditorium? Because we had a cafe gymtoriums. <laughs> in elementary school? I think it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Oh. I have memory. Like terrible. So ours was ours was separate, but it had like the accordion door that would fold out or the accordion wall you'd fold it up and the two rooms would connect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. 
So where did the ideas for the terrible places they go in parachute come from? Like what was taking this, this nostalgic fun kids game of parachute and turning it to this horrible thing that you turned it into? <laughs> like what was the, why, why, why the parachute to do that instead of some, why other... are we scarred from this? Now? Yeah. Why? <laughs> I, instead of instead of square dancing, why 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 parachute instead? I want to say I was in a car in the car, like Ryan and I were driving somewhere, and we were just talking about it. And you know how, um, like writers, like ideas aren't our problem, right? Like picking the one and seeing it through to the finish is the problem. And so mm -hmm. I think I'd already started and stopped like several <clears throat> stories and books. And I'm like, oh, here's a brand new idea. Let me just abandon everything and go do <laughs> fun. Um, and it was just one of those, I've never really written a lot of fantasy. Um, mm -hmm. And it was like a, well, what if, you know? Um, and I had a lot of fun just making shit up. Like it's, fantasy's fun. Yeah. Would you consider this fantasy though, more than horror or, or oh, dark, dark fantasy is what I'm kind of. Probably horror. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I hoped I made like some of it gruesome enough to be poor and not. Mm -hmm. just but hopefully there was there's that element. Yeah, because it's it's not like fantasy fantasy that I'm thinking of where it's it's a twelve hundred pages and nothing happens. <laughs> no, it's not that stuff. It's Jay's favorite genre. I hate Jay loves the I, I, I can do dark fantasy. That's why I that's why I really like this one because I can do dark fantasy. But mm -hmm. I think as long as the horror aspects are you know strong, mm -hmm. you know. Well, I was always a fan of like humans are the worst monsters, right? Of and course, yeah. Yep. Initially, starting my like writing career, I thought I would just stick with that because they mm -hmm. are the worst. But um, it's fun branching out and just trying different things and seeing how that works out. Was this, since it is not, you know, the human monsters like you did and come join the murder, was it easier to write, different to write, harder to write than that? Or, um, I think it was easier to write. Uh, come join the murder was it was hard because it was my first book right um and mm -hmm. i was sort of learning as i went which i don't recommend doing um and i would watch videos on grieving mothers and like hours of these interviews with these moms who like lost it because i wanted in this headspace right and ouch i know what was wrong with me so <laughs> I, I haven't read i haven't read that one yet just fyi so you're i don't know if you're really selling it to me right now <laughs> it's, it's good it's sad and dark and um well who was it uh well read beer uh kevin was like it's it's the making of a monster like someone turning into this kind of monster and that, uh -huh. that sums it up pretty well but this one was uh i would say it was easier um because you're not dealing with the human psyche you're you're just making shit up you know it's, <laughs> you don't have to accurately you know represent the like stages of depression and um like the the loss and the so I, I didn't mm -hmm. have to look anything up and cry. So that, that made it easy. That's that's a plus when you don't have to cry while you're right. writing your book. <laughs> oh my God. My mom is in the chat. <laughs> and Mary, my, so Linda Mickle is my mom and Mary Park is, is a friend of mine. That's funny. Hi mom. <laughs> so, so are you going to, are you planning to kill your stepdad off in a book sometime? Oh my God. So his brother's <laughs> name is Adrian. And apparently I killed him in a story or book. I don't mom. my <laughs> And um, his name is Mark, and he's like, I'm offended. You haven't killed me yet. <laughs> well, that, that's me a high honor, by the way. <laughs> Jay's been killed off in a book. I haven't I been think, killed off in a book. Actually, twice. Yet. Well, I've, I've got to the part 
in the other one I'm reading where I got killed off. But yeah, I get killed off in uh, Laura Hightower's new book. So is that because you think people don't like you? They're trying to just kill you, you know, through fiction, or or is it a is it a prestigious thing, Jay? Hey, I'm, no I'm, I'm taking it as an honor. At, uh, I, I, uh, Hunter Shea's one that just came out today. Uh, he mentioned like a bunch of people he killed off. Uh, real yeah. people. Yeah. Writer friends killing each other. <laughs> I know at uh, StokerCon, uh, Jim Moore wrote the script for the No Sleep podcast. They killed Sadie Hartman off in that. Did they really? Yeah. I think they might have killed Cena Paleo too. Oh, I know they killed wow. Sadie. She's like, I'm sorry for killing you on this, Sadie. <laughs> That's funny. But so it, they, went, they went heavy right away. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mary says, Quinn joined the murder was awesome. It was awesome. It was, I can't remember when I read it. It was 20, 2020 or 2019. I think it was, it was 2020, I think, the year it came out. Yeah. But it was, this sounds bad the way I'm going to say it, but it was like my surprise book of the year because I had no expectations going in because I didn't, you know, hadn't read your stuff before. Yeah. And it was so much darker and so much more violent maybe might not be the right word but i was like wow that's really good i was not expecting that oh thank you you're welcome thank and i love i can't remember if i told you or if i just mentioned it in my review i was like i wonder if she got the title of it from sons of anarchy because it's that song like the, the main theme song for it i did i love sons of anarchy it's it's such a a tragedy it's such a great show um but i changed the i wanted to name it the drowning of oliver panson but there was already a book like that had just come out called The Drowning of Oliver something. Um, well, that's weird. I yeah. know. <laughs> uh, so I changed it to that because you can use song titles, right? They're not copywritten. Like lyrics are, mm -hmm. but titles aren't. Um, and so I changed their last name to Crow so it would kind of fit. But it worked but the, the, the title, Come Join the Murder, it fits with the story really well, too. Yeah. With what goes on in the story. Because like what you said, what, what Kevin was saying, it's sort of the making of this monster, you know, coming to join. Because one of the people is, um, I can't remember his name. One of them is a killer. And then the mom sort of maybe falls down that path as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I thought it fit really good. And I like the the bird on the cover fits with the lyrics to the title or the lyrics to the song too. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I think uh, Ken's got a question here we can hop into. What is it? You think you'll more write? You think you'll write more dark fantasy again in the future? I, yeah, yeah, it was fun. Um, and to me, like dealing with human monsters, yeah, there's there's a ton of things you can do with that. But dark fantasy, there's just there's no end. Like you're mm -hmm. not bound by just the the screwed up nature of our brains. You know, you can just do anything. Um, it was a lot. Was, of was it? Was there any world that was? That you that you like the best that you put in there because they go to these different worlds when they go up under the parachute. Yeah, uh, the the last one was my favorite, and I don't. Okay. I I don't want to give spoilers. But yeah, yeah. Let's, not, let's not give it yeah. away. I mean, I, I the fact that there are different worlds. I think I think I mentioned this. I got some early Clive Barker feel to it, and, oh. and that's just a connection I was making because he tends some of his stuff. I haven't read a lot of the stuff, but like it, it tends to be different weird worlds and that's just what i was connecting with so yeah, i was trying to make them as different as possible looking back you know you, you always want to change things you'll change things to death um i had to just stop at one point but now i'm like well what if i should have done this or i should have done that There's so many possibilities um, yeah, you could go on forever with all the different places they go to yeah justin oh. bought it on brad's review 
not, yeah. not mine, but on Brad's. <laughs> it reminded me. It reminded me a bit of a uh, Dark Matter by Blake Crouch, because in that book, he, the character goes to these different worlds. It's through a completely different, you know, device that he gets there. But it was sort of similar to that in a way. I loved that book a lot. There, there's a lot of influences in there of different things. Like um, one of them sort of imitates uh, Neverending Story when the horse dies. That, that like <laughs> sadness thing. Yeah. So it was just a 90s love fest, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was cool that they didn't just go to these places, but they went to these places and some of them had like effects on like their mood. Like you said, that one place sort of made them feel sad and depressed and it and it wasn't just they're in a new place, but it's like this oppression that was uh, hovering down on them too. It was cool. I was I was joking about like writing fantasy and I'm like, you can just make anything up. Like, what is gravity? I don't know. Like, yeah. yeah. So I was just having fun with that. I think <laughs> the swamp of sadness. <laughs> yeah. I think no, all the kids, all taking... 90s kids remember that horse that gets killed. Yeah. It, it, but they're being taking place in the nineties, you know, everything was, there was just so much depression amongst the teenagers in the nineties <laughs> and, you know, it was brought on by some of the music and all that stuff. I like, I just really felt all that within mm -hmm. the book and, and the fact that it's so short and you were able to cram that much stuff into it to, mm -hmm. uh, you know, make me reminisce about how cool things used to be back then and how things are so screwed up now. Just <laughs> Thank you. And isn't that like, we always think the generation like after us is more screwed up than the, like, yeah, thought we were screwed up. I mean, I'm an Xer. I think <laughs> my wife is whatever's <laughs> after this. Like, would I be a millennial? Oh, I don't know what any of them are. I think we're Gen X. Well, I'm Gen X. You're Jay. Uh, you're Gen X. I think Brad's millennial. Yeah. Yeah. I think I am like barely at the beginning. I think my wife's at the end of uh, millennials. So she, yeah. So she hates the millennials too. <laughs> so. I, I hate the millennials too. And I'm apparently one of them. That's funny. I don't mind it. <laughs> and that's I wanted to ask you. Yeah. That says that Ryan. Well, I was going to ask you. I wanted to ask you about uh, the Eastern Falls Massacre, Bigfoot's uh, Revenge. You wrote that with your husband, correct? I did. I There's got to be some stories there, fights <laughs> and arguments about. Uh, no, so the Eastern Falls Massacre. Um, I just started writing. Um, I wrote it down because I was knew I was going to forget in 2018. Okay. And I was like, I want to try to write something, like just out of nowhere, and. I was talking to Ryan and he was like, write me a Bigfoot story. I was like, cool, done. And so I wrote <laughs> a story called The Hunt and it was, it was terrible. Um, but then when it came to writing something after Come Join the Murder, I was like, let's turn this one into, into a book. Mm -hmm. um, and so we kind of already had a lot of the basis down from the short story. It's probably like a 5,000 word short story. Um, and so it, it was a fun process. Like, I don't think we fought about anything. There were probably a few word choices, um, but there was like an unspoken rule that I got the last say. <laughs> As it usually goes between husband and wife. <laughs> because I did the final edit and he's like, well, I thought you were going to change that. And I was like, yeah, no, I didn't. <laughs> has, has he written other stuff? He has. He's, uh, he's got two short stories out that were published by Siren's Call. Okay. okay um, so are you guys ever going to do a, another collaboration? Yeah, we're working on Bigfoot 2 this year. Um, I've actually nice. already signed up an editor for it, so we definitely have to get it out. Yeah, I was going to ask us. I noticed, I noticed that one says 
book one, so mm-hmm. I was gonna. I figured another one. I've got the old cover. I like the old cover. Oh, that's funny. Um, oh, do you really? I've got it too. Um, I, I like both of them. I don't know. I I like the the guy's face in the where is he at in the bottom yeah. of the hill here. Uh, when we took back rights from um, close to the bone, who are great, um, mm-hmm. but uh, when our rights got reverted, uh, the cover art didn't come with it, so I had to. Yeah. Make- yeah. And I kept that cover art for the audiobook, even though it was okay. self-published. They let me keep that. So yeah. they were actually, I, I just started. I'm like on page five or six or something like that. So no spoilers, Brad. Don't do that. I haven't read. I haven't read this one yet. This one's okay. this one's fresh. Oh, wow. So you just started writing in 2018. Yeah. Yeah. So it's still. It was, so just like on a whim, you just wanted to write something one day. Yeah. Uh, so I've, I had a book club and Mary who was in the chat and my mom are in it also um, a local book club that we meet once a month. And mm-hmm. there were several books back to back that were just terrible, but I would, <laughs> have, but they wrote a book and I didn't. So what do I know? Um, right. yeah. So one day I was like, well, why can't I, let me just, tr- so I just wanted to see if I could um, and ended up really liking it. It was a lot mm-hmm. of fun. And the, the Bigfoot story, that was the first thing you, you started yeah, with the short story that will never see the light of day. <laughs> yeah, that was the very first thing I wrote. So, oh, not, now my daughter's in the chat. My whole family's showing up. <laughs> my twenty-two-year-old daughter. And Lewis had a question about yeah. uh, your story in Gen X. Was you, it based you might, on the uh, people might know Lewis as L. Stevenson, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um. Absolutely. Lewis, absolutely. It's, it was one of my like scene songs of my teenage years. <laughs> I love that song. When I'm in the mood, I like blast that. it loud and <laughs> and I think I'm so cool when I'm not. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I think in my review of this, I may have said I liked your story the best, or, or one one of the it was one of the best ones. Thank you. I, um, I, I don't, I don't, I've done so many reviews, but I think I mentioned your name somewhere in my review for this, which I, I, I enjoyed this collection pretty good. Rebecca Re- Rowland. It, yeah, she's great. Yeah. I'm, again, big fan. And she keeps mm-hmm. me busy with a bunch of these. Like, yeah. She just sends them to me, says, review this. And, you know, she trusts right what I do and I do it. Um, speaking of, I know we're all over the place, uh, but speaking of, uh, Rebecca, she also just sent me recently the Anne Rice tribute, and you have a story in that one. I do. So you're 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 making your rounds here. So, well, so that one was interesting. So it's called Blood of the Rougarou. Um, so Rougarou is like the Cajun French version of like a werewolf story. And that- I'm, I'm glad you pronounced it because I'm sitting here trying to figure it out and <laughs> I, I, I couldn't. So I, that's why I threw it to you to say the name of the of the story. Well, so um, I had gotten invited to write that. Um, that I was just asked to write a cryptid story um, for this uh, Persephone Light Company. So it was a candle like subscription box and she was doing these new subscription boxes where there were candles, like a story and all these other things inside it. Um, And so she asked me to write it. And so I did like a, I handmade like little chat books of this story. And uh, so they were in, in all of the boxes. And then I had just decided to like release it as a short story on Amazon when Mm -hmm. Rebecca reached out to me and she had received one of those boxes and she said, Hey, we're, 
we're putting together this Anne Rice tribute thing. I'd really like this story in it. I was like, fantastic. Let me pull it back down off Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that one's had a weird life, but uh, it's it's an odd little story. I, I've got very, she just sent it to me like last week. So I haven't got very far in the collection, but yeah, doing some research for the show. Unlike Brad does, but I, I saw that your name and I was like, all right, cool. Man, throwing <laughs> shots, Jay. Hey, I knew that she based the title of this off of sons of anarchy and the song, Jay, come on now. Yeah, I, I've never watched this. I didn't know. Jay hasn't even read that one, Brad. So. I know. I know. He's it never even watched really, the show. It, it seems pretty sad to you me. I don't... Oh, it's What's so that? You haven't seen sons of anarchy. I'm a very busy person. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I know of it. I just never had a chance to down and, and watch yeah. it. So. It's it's funny. My mom does not watch TV at all, other than like the news. And <laughs> for some channel. reason, and the Weather Channel, probably. <laughs> for some reason, during the wintertime a few years ago, she binged watch all of Sins of Anarchy, which for one, blew my mind that she was watching TV at all, but that she picked that show in particular. It's just yeah. like, it's my favorite show of all time. I was like, what is going on here? Who are you? <laughs> And the soundtrack is amazing. Like, yeah, the soundtrack is really good. The white, uh, the white buffalo band or group or whatever they are, they do a lot of the stuff for it. Yep. Yeah. Is it someplace like we got rid of cable like last year, so we just stream everything? It, it used to be on Netflix. I guess it's still on Netflix probably because okay. that's where she watched it all. Oh wow, yeah. it's been a while since. I Oh, so good. I, I'll, in fact, uh, Charlie Hunnam, who's the main character in Sons of Anarchy, he's amazing. Uh -huh. uh, also in I think the gentleman was he in that one um, but that's who we like envisioned as being our main character in Easton Falls Massacre okay big fans so since so, so I'm not very far in that book I'm going to have him Hannon's faces in my head <laughs> faces reading it now yeah <laughs> did you watch the uh, the prequel show the Mayans at all no because I don't I don't want to ruin the, the awesome the experience of it yeah yeah justin says it's on hulu now jay so you oh. gotta watch it it, it is okay. a good show it's good it's not my favorite show like my mom's but i'll add it to the never gotta watch, need list you gotta watch breaking bad first and then you can watch sons of anarchy hey ozark took me took me a while i got, I did watch ozark but yeah oh. i'm way behind on everything else i just finished ozark did you yeah. are, so are you upset just, about I, it are, are you um i'm upset not really. I mean, I am okay. There's there may be spoilers though. So Jay, no, don't spoil. Don't spoil. Don't spoil. We'll take that line, Jay, and I'll I'll message you. <laughs> I mean, I expected it, but I thought it'd be better. I thought it would happen if we're thinking about the same thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's talking that character. He's like, that's one I need to watch. Everybody says if you like Breaking Bad, you need to watch it. That character my favorite TV show. was my so favorite character. It. Yes. And, okay. It just it was just kind of like um, they pissing your Cheerios, Jay. <laughs> and Brad, you said about Breaking Bad or whatever. Like I started Ozark probably three different times, and it took me a few episodes to really get into it. Mm -hmm. But once you're in, you're in. What I I know I watched the first three seasons. And I kept on telling my wife, you got to watch this. I said, I'll go back and rewatch them with you. She got through the first season. She watched maybe two episodes, second season. And she did, it was, it was too dark for her. She didn't like how she felt. So she never did finish it. So I just went ahead and watched season four by myself. So those are the shows I like though. I like the dark yeah. shows. 
but sometimes they can really fuck with your head if you binge too much of them. So you mm -hmm. have to like, step back for a minute. And uh, like, if I'm writing something really dark, I mm. can't watch that stuff. I need to watch Happy. Yeah. To balance it out. Yeah. That was what like, do you do when you're writing something? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, what do you do when you when you when you're writing stuff so dark? You have to walk away from it every now and then, and and, and yeah, your, your head. Your head's in a weird space. Um, just trying to put yourself into the characters, like emotions and stuff. Um, Especially probably for this one. Actually, the murder was probably really hard. This, yeah, come join the murder was still the hardest between the three so far, uh, and all the stories. Um, that you guys one... are not selling it to me. If you keep, <laughs> <laughs> it's good, Jay. It's good. It, I mean, it, you already know from the blurb on the back, the kid right. dies at the beginning. It, you, so know what? you know what? <laughs> I I put off I put off Laurel High Towers Crossroads for like a year. Me too. Because I because I kind of knew the situation. It being a parent, I think you know. It, mm -hmm. Yeah, and then and but Brackham said you gotta, you gotta, you know, it's good. You gotta read it. And now it's it's well, one of my all time favorite. Books, I need to so. read Laurels. I've heard like it feels like there may be some parallels. Um, and I, I still need to read it it's on my list or whatever. But yeah, um, are you ever read Crossroads? No, not yet. I want to. Ooh. I think I've got it on. Google. Yeah. Crossroads is uh, the adult child dies, but this one is like he's okay. young. He's like what five, he's six, four. something like that. He's uh, he's four, and it's funny because yeah. um, I don't. I think it's, it's four, and he's funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. He dies. He's four, and it's hilarious. That's even worse. Come on. Um. So in the acknowledgments, I I mentioned this. Um. So my son almost drowned a couple times when he was about that age and younger. I was not watching him either time. Let me just say that someone else. Uh oh. Um. But it gave me the idea of like, okay, what's the worst thing? that I can mm -hmm. imagine. And uh, so in the acknowledgements, I was like, thank you for almost drowning. You gave me a great idea. <laughs> well, yeah. Isn't that sort of therapeutic in a way to write that into a story a little bit? Yeah. Let's I mean, go. not that something bad happened to much him, but. Sounds much better. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about your luck, but hey, it brought me good luck. You know? <laughs> Ouch. We taught them to swim pretty early, though. Um, but this, he was like two the first time. He was fishing with his grandpa in a bayou, and the bayous are muddy. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with bayous. And he had fallen in the water, and the grandpa like just reached down, and I'm doing these motions, my hands, you can't see. <laughs> um, reached down and could just like feel his hair and like pull them up like that because he couldn't see them. I was like, oh, that's oh, crazy. Yeah, because it's all dirty, dirty water and stuff, can't see it. Uh, yeah. That is, that is scary. Mm -hmm. Down in the bayou. Yeah. So not only getting into like the the parents mindset, but was it since you are a parent, was it scary for you to write this since it's about a child death and you did sort of had those close experiences with it a little bit? Yeah, I was actually had a good rain on it until I wrote his point of view. Mm -hmm. Um, and then that was harder. I made myself cry a few times, which is so dumb thinking about like. No, that's good though. That means you're you care about what the characters are going through and stuff. But then like, I haven't really since. So either I've, I've gotten colder. <laughs> you're desensitized now. Uh, you're just, your own work desensitizes you. <laughs> That's good to that I started with that then. Yeah. That's funny. So you've done, you've done uh, a novel. You've done uh Easton falls is kind of a novella. So it's parachute. You've done short stories. What do you prefer? writing or does it really matter 
Novellas is a sweet spot, I think. Mm-hmm. Especially for horror. Yeah. It's the, uh, I'll, go, I'll say it, Brad. It's the 90 minute horror movie. Yeah. You're in, you're out. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like sometimes you want to settle into like a good thick book and like spend that time with those characters and in that world. Um, and I get in those moods, I'll grab a King book, you know, it yeah. says door stoppers. Um, and that's, that's nice too. It's a different experience. Um, but as far as writing them, like I read all of it, but as far uh-huh. as writing for novellas. Do you think you could write a big door stopper one day, like 800 page book or so? I'm sure I could. Well, you know what? No, I don't think I could, because I think I <laughs> get tired like i um i would get tired of it really early on Uh um like i would want to like move on to something else i don't like spending too much time in the same space what is honking so you think you'll get bored with your own book (laughs) writing your own book kind of yeah um and i have a really bad memory and i would forget what had happened (laughs) like what did this character get wings i don't remember writing that (laughs) Be chapter, pages, the next chapter is about the dead character. Yeah, someone you killed like 400 pages ago. They're back. Like, what's going on? Yes. Well, and that happened in parachute. That some of the early, uh, <laughs> they're like, um, I thought this person died. Why is his name here? I'm like, crap. You're right. <laughs> and that's just the novella. <laughs> that's just the novella. But you know what? You edit them so much, and then sometimes you go back and just edit like this paragraph and forget to like change everything else that that affects. Mm-hmm. So do you do you write like the whole draft and then go back and do edit yourself or do you sort of edit along the way while while you're writing it or um it depends on my mood really um i probably most of the time go back and edit and then keep writing forward um and then if i'm just like in a weird headspace and i can't be creative i'll just edit what i've already written um uh-huh. but that way like it's never the same experience the the writing stuff is different every day so who reads your stuff first? Ryan. And then my so, kids. So does Ryan, does he get picky with some of the editing too? Say, hey, you, you messed up here. You should... <laughs> I'm just imagining, okay, just because you guys wrote a book together and he, <laughs> both are writers. I'm like, I want to hear some, I really don't want to hear ar- arguments. <laughs> he's trying to pull, he's trying to pull the drama out. So he, I know. You did I'm, that try, with, I'm trying, I'm trying Sadie to. And Ashley too. <laughs> I'm trying to, I did, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to turn this into the Springer Jerry, Jerry Springer interview show, uh, uh, uh book writing and stuff. So. <laughs> like with, um, with the, the Bigfoot short story, um, looking right now was awful, but he said exactly what he needed to say. And, and it's so supportive and like, it was great. And it gave me the confidence to keep going and to try new stuff. If mm-hmm. he had told me the truth, but he may still love it. I don't know. But if he had said like, um, he wants more gore. <laughs> He does. He like cowbell. Um, if he had probably been honest and been like, oh, this is, uh, I don't know if I would have kept writing. And so he's always been like the biggest supporter. And mm-hmm. so it's, you need people in your life that will be honest with you and tell you yeah. the hard stuff too. But you also need those supporters who will keep pushing you forward. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're not going to get anywhere. If everyone's just like, oh yes, it's great. It's fine. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't change the thing. Don't fix it. Don't don't uh you know ever do anything so and he does he does give good critiques um especially when we were doing the eastern falls together um mm-hmm. uh, like he said more gore always more <laughs> the, always his more. little his little red pin notes on the side more gore here more gore <laughs> I, I would like write something and i'm like ryan insert like gore fight scene here 
Yeah, like you all were saying, you don't want a bunch of yes people in your corner because then you're never going to know if you're actually good or not. Exactly. Everybody just tells you, yes, it's great. Yes, it's great. And then you throw it out to the world and then you get devoured. You're like, oh, everybody, my friends all said it was great. Yeah. And, and if then, then they all lied to me about it. <laughs> yeah. What about the ideals? I mean, he reads your stuff first, but do you, do you ever bounce things off each other and just like, no, that's not going to work. Stop. I, not, start over. <laughs> um, I always say he's my idea guy. Okay. Uh, I will say, though, parachute i didn't go to him as much i wanted to see what i could do by myself <laughs> it sounds bad um but i still actually still went to him with things um but come join the murderer almost every chapter i was asking him questions and like what if this happened or that happened i didn't know what i was doing uh, yeah he's was my guy. was come join the murderer the first thing you did after that short story yes do something? terrible wow. again uh, like, oh, I've never written. Let's just write a book. Uh, <laughs> but I'm in a, a writer's group on Facebook. Um, it's called Write Around the Block. And mm -hmm. we, uh, a lot of us in there, we're doing these um, NYC midnight flash fiction contests. They were like once or twice a year. And it was like 500 um, word stories. And I uh -huh. did a lot of those and a lot of furious fiction, which is uh, put out by the Australian Writers Center. Um, they they used to do monthly 500 word stories, and that's a great like length to figure out what you like writing and mm -hmm. to figure out maybe your voice. And uh, so that was instrumental, definitely. But I had already started "Come Join the Murder." Just so. uh, real quick for the uh, millennials and Gen Zs, Facebook <laughs> is what was around before Twitter <laughs> and TikTok, but after TikTok MySpace, after MySpace though. MySpace. Oh, my! I had a MySpace page. Yeah. Man, if you weren't in someone's top five, you were a loser. <laughs> I know. You worked. It was. It was like you worked to get in the top five. You did. Like, like you worked to get under speed dial. Remember speed dial on, on, the, <laughs> on the. What's that, Jay? Speed on the on the rotary phone. On, yeah. on the phone, yeah. Before <laughs> kids, before cell phones, we had these blocks of plastic that were real phones. <laughs> Dude, that's funny. You know, party you line. Big, you crossed the, the big party block line. that you took in your car and plugged it into the cigarette lighter. <laughs> Yeah, I have one of those. <laughs> Brad, I want to play a game. You can play a game? Okay. You go, Are you going to play along? So are we going against her, each other? or let, or let her guess first, and if, if okay, she can't let's, get it right. Let's do that. I got okay. this. Are you, are you yes. ready, Jay, for the the uh, just fantastic video that I made for it? Yeah, I, I haven't seen this yet, so this is... Jay just like gets so embarrassed every time I play one of these. <laughs> I'm going to warn y'all, I'm really competitive. Uh-oh. Jay loses all the time anyway. He sucks at these games. He won once because he had to cheat against Leah Lindemann because he what? had all the answers already. <laughs> Come on, no. no. Yeah. It was, I, was it was it Kev? Uh, was it Kev or was it Ross that my wife was actually texting me answers and, and I, I think still it was lost. Kev because that was the yeah. second time. Yeah. <laughs> Don't cheat. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna play some '90s trivia. Make sure I play the right video. '90s trivia. <laughs> what the hell's that? <laughs> what what was that? That's like an all that kind of thing, you know. You remember all that Nickelodeon? Yeah, in the nineties. Oh. I, I was old for that. Yeah. Like I know of it, but <laughs> what was that? What was that? Trivia. You mean, okay, you that, that, was, again? That, that was a little bit saved by the bellish colors. So yeah, that's nineties okay. stuff. All right, so. She's going to answer first, right? And if she doesn't know yeah, it, we'll I'm give her the opportunity it. to answer first. And if she doesn't get it, we'll let okay. Jay go. Mary says no help from her. All right. 
What 1990s teen movie was retitled after a Britney Spears song? What? I don't know Britney Spears. Um, yeah. I think we listened to Crossroads good stuff. I don't know. She did a movie called Crossroads. That's all I know about Britney Spears. Oh. Jay, you want to have a guess? Wait, say the question again. So what, what 90s teen movie was retitled after a Britney Spears song? So they took the title of the Britney Spears song and made it the movie title. So I would need to know a Britney Spears oh. title yeah. song. Yeah, oops. so you don't know any Britney Spears? <laughs> so I, I I know the the oops, I did it again. That's the only one so, I know. It was before that one, I think. She had one before that one? Yeah, I think so. It's kind of stuck in my head now. I can hear it. Like my first, like the first time I see, she was like in a school. The video, That's, she was like in a school. And that, oops, I did it again. I no, think, no. I thought that was like the red latex hit video me, she hit had. Me, on. Hit, is it the hit me baby thing or? It's drive me crazy. I don't know. <laughs> Jay's face. What? Louis Stevenson says, "Hint: Sabrina, the teenage witch." <laughs> Why was she? She was at it, or? I have no idea. All right, we'll do that. We'll move on. Well, no, what's the answer? It's a drive me crazy. The, the movie is called Drive Me Crazy. Yeah, that was a Britney Spears song. Apparently, okay. it's in my head now. I can hear it. Uh, that was the answer. Okay. I don't want to sing it because play the, it so we get demonetized. We get demonetized <laughs> and struck down. <laughs> All right. So uh, next up, what infamous haircut was inspired by a must-see TV sitcom? The Rachel. The Rachel from Friends. Yep. Yes. I love friends. <laughs> what was what was the first animated feature film to be nominated for Best Picture Oscar? It's a Disney movie. And then some Disney animated. movies from the nineties. Lion King? Mm-mm. I think this one came out before the Lion King. Uh, Jane, give it a guess. It was a Disney. Disney movie in the nineties. You would think I would know this, but I have young kids um before the lion king was uh i think lion king was 94 nine between 94 and 96 i think so it was before the lion king was it the one with the with the genie no it was not aladdin <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the the nightmare before that's not no nah. mm. it's a princess movie jay's cheating look i can see him oh, no, no, I'm, I'm not i'm not was it was it the frog prince uh, uh, no, that's, frog? Wait, wait, wait. that's newer in the beast okay. beauty and the beast that's my favorite one wait that but i thought they that came out like the 60s or something 70s. what are you talking about jay beauty and the beast already came out in the 90s beauty and the beast was in the 90s yeah. yeah and i have a very unique skill set like i know every word to every song of beauty and the beast. <laughs> why am i thinking that's so much older like the, the first one they did was snow white that's the oldest one I mm-hmm. thought Beauty and the Beast came out around the same time Snow Snow White and Cinderella yeah. and all that. It was like Snow White, Bambi. Mm-hmm. Those were like the first couple. Sleeping yeah. Beauty. Beauty and the Beast was not one of those originals. No. Nope. God, I've lost <laughs> all touch of reality. <laughs> all right, for this one, you don't have to give me the exact number, but ballpark it. Okay. How many Americans tuned in to watch the O.J. Simpson trial verdict? All of them. Yeah. All of every, them. Everyone. <laughs> In the millions, how many millions do you think it was? It was, no, I don't know. Oh, 
it was well over a hundred million because there was more than Super Bowls, I think. Right? Really? You're close. It's a little. It was a little less than that's what it says. Uh, in the nineties, so... ninety-five million people. Not going over. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it says what ninety-five price? million people. I remember. I don't know how old I was, but I remember just him on the the interstate and in the the Ford Bronco. Just yeah, everyone. It was I, like I, every channel. I was I was in a high school and and they didn't want us to like know about it or anything but i was in one of a weird class i was a blow-off class and the teacher brought in the tv say hey, we're gonna watch it that's so <laughs> weird that they didn't want you to know about that but i remember when 9 11 happened they played that on the tvs during school that's just oh, weird played the oj thing our uh social studies like did a whole feature on it on the oj thing yeah the slowest police chase of all time right. <laughs> yeah where were well, that's here's a Gen X thing. Where were you for the uh, the Challenger explosion? Is that, was that eighty six? When was that? I want to say eighty seven. I, I think I was in second it's, grade. It's eighty six. It's the year I was born. Okay, mm-hmm. seven years old. So I don't remember. I don't remember where I was yesterday. I, for some reason, I remember it because we were going to get a lesson from. I think every student. In, in the country is going to get a lesson because there's a teacher on board yeah and we, we tuned in and and saw it it was so i, I guess that's why it you stayed what, with me do you remember what month grade. it was what month was it do you remember no i'd have to look it up but... depending on what month i might not have been born yet <laughs> if it was before july i wasn't born yeah way to make us feel old <laughs> okay back to the game i, I right. went on a little sidetrack there <laughs> the the dream team won Olympic gold in what year's games? You want all of them or the first just one? The ni- just the 90s. Okay. You can only do so many Olympics in a decade. Well, it was every, every four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know which block of four years was even a... The first dream team. Summer Olympics are, are even numbers. Yep, 92. Yeah. 92. I just know because I was working at McDonald's and we had the specialty cups. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. I worked at a VHS store about that time. We had those special cups. Hey, you have the you have the Michael Jordan cup? The Carl Malone cup? <laughs> well, Justin says Challenger was in January, so I wasn't born there. There you go. Wow. Next up, who was, the, who was named the first female Secretary of State in 1997? Madeline Albright? Madeline Albright. Yep. Hey, I got one. I'm glad you, I'm glad you answered. I, I didn't know we were going to do <laughs> politics here. It's just, it's on the list. <laughs> Whitney, Houston, Whitney Houston had a massive hit in 1992, which was a cover of whose hit? Dolly Parton. Yep. What was the song? I Will Always Love You. Nice. Bonus point. <laughs> Bonus. <laughs> oh, I what? can't. What is it? Oh. What? I thought you said something. Oh, it's like cut out weird. Oh, okay. Uh, what fashion is- accessory was invented by a high school shop teacher? I think they actually got banned because they said they were dangerous. What fashion accessory was invented by a high school shop teacher? Slap band? Slap bracelet? S- slap bracelet. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we, they still make those though now because my kids get them all the time in like little birthday gift bags and stuff. I had a Bart Simpson one and it said "Eat my shorts" on it. Slapped it. 
I think now they're plastic. I think back then they were metal inside of yeah. it, wasn't it? Like a little metal piece. <laughs> Everything's plastic now. Do you remember the me- the metal slinkies? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I can <laughs> never get a slinky. We're, we're just we're just reminiscing now. Do you remember the <laughs> hey, hey kids? Remember this? <laughs> My dog is what here. I, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, hey, let me play the game. <laughs> yeah. What was the first rap song to hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100? You could say this rapper was a one-hit wonder. MC Hammer? No, that wasn't a rap. Mm-mm. Sorry. Um, I think one-hit wonder. I don't know. Stop collaborating and listen. <gasps> yep. Ice. Ice Ice Baby. Yep. You know, he's like a realtor or something. No, no. He he's, like, he like uh, he was, flips he, houses. Little, yeah, flips houses. Yeah. yeah. I saw one video where someone said that he has a lisp and they play the song and it sounds like he's lisping now. Now I can't unhear the lisp every time he says like okay. ice and stuff. Never noticed. <laughs> but ice, ice, baby. I don't know if that's true. If that was like dubbed in for the video. I think that he like try to turn metal at one point. Yeah, I think he did something weird. Yeah. Like Garth Brooks kind of did something metal at one point too, didn't he? Or like heavy metal or rock and roll or something for a while. I know he did something other than country for a while. Jay doesn't know. (laughs) We've got, I got two more questions. Okay. What actor starred in two of the top 10 highest grossing films of the nineties? Yeah. Give us a little bit more than that. Yeah. Like are these comedies actions? They're um, summer blockbusters. He's been in the news recently. I know who it is. Go, go ahead. It's a guy? I thought you said actress. It's a guy. What actor starred in two of the top 10 highest grossing films of the 90s? Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Will Smith. Will Smith. Will Smith. Oh, Men in Black. Independence Day and Men in Black. Once you said Blockbuster, I knew it was Independence Day because I don't know why. Yeah. I forget that Independence Day was in the 90s. Yeah. I love that movie so much. It's probably awful now. Probably doesn't hold up at all. I haven't seen it forever. That one and the one that came out like alongside it, uh Deep Impact. I yeah, like they that. always the 90s had a lot of those like Armageddon and like uh there was another one they went to go blow up the asteroid in space. I can't remember what it was called. Yeah, I mean if you go watch one, you've watched seven. So I, yeah. So I love like disaster movies. They're my one of my favorites. All right, we'll do the last one. I think I, I think we're tied now, or, or I've come Are you back. Tied? I don't know. I have I to keep a track, but I'm, I'm just go ahead and say that I've made a comeback. <laughs> All right, let's see. I don't. There's two good questions. Let's see. We'll pick this one. What was the most watched TV episode of the '90s? Episode? Yeah, one episode. What was the most watched TV episode during mm. the '90s? I think it was something to do with. Friends, maybe. Can you tell us what? Uh... It was a finale to a show, and it happened in the early nineties. Um... Was it a sitcom? Yes, it's a sitcom. That's like what, all there was in the nineties. Was, was, was it? Did it take, take place in a bar? It did. Like the basement area, you go, you went down the stairs. That '70s show? Uh-uh. No, no that was Cheers. Late. Cheers. Cheers. 
Ah, uh, you're right. That was such a good show. Yeah. I loved that. Cheers was good. Mm-hmm. My wife was recently rewatching that on Hulu or Netflix. Yeah. It was it's pretty funny. It still holds up, I think. Well, what was that last question you had there, buddy? Uh, this one is, which actor was one of the first approached to play Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story? I knew know this. I totally forgot. So, I think he's voiced other Disney movies, but I might yeah. be mistaken on that. I don't know. It's another comedian. Jerry Seinfeld? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that would be so weird as Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> Do you have a guess, Jay? Well, I mean, what's the deal with me flying around? Yeah. <laughs> God, I, I, know it. It. Let's, let's I know it. I know it. Who is it? Billy Crystal. Oh, wow. Okay. Like that stuff was... like that. Always. It's so I didn't like, pick that who... one because that was just a letdown. So. That was a letdown. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's always weird. The actors that could have been like Tom Selleck. We were talking about something for the mm-hmm. other day. That Tom Selleck was in the lead and it was ended up being somebody else. And it was just so weird to picture Tom Selleck in that role. I can't remember who we were talking to. It was maybe Max or Joe or something. Hmm. What were you talking about? I don't Mac remember what it was. No, it was, <laughs> it was something where Tom Selleck, he was like the first to be cast for it, but it ended up going with somebody else. Indiana Jones. Yeah, that was it. Indiana Jones. I, I, I didn't look yeah. at Justin's answer down there. I, I it was. I, I that was what LJ was on. Yeah. Can you imagine Tom Selleck as Indiana Jones? No. With that, with that stash. The stash. <laughs> I have Indiana Jones. So we were at Texas Frightmare, right in Dallas, and there were several people. I'm okay, maybe like three dressed up as Indiana Jones at a horror convention, and I don't get it. I would say that Raiders could be considered a horror movie because it's PG so? for one thing. Yeah, he rips or he the dude's face like melts off his body and. Well, I mean, that doesn't make it horror. You know, yeah. Um, it has horror, horror elements in it. Yeah. That's Temple of Doom. I remember watching that on like just the normal horror. TV when I was like three or four. It scared the daylights out of me. Pull that guy's heart out. So we, uh, in high school, I was part of the veterinary club. I was like vice president. And we met after hours and we would do necropsies like on cats and dogs to see why they died. And I did that one time. I did that scene and I held the heart up <laughs> and I got kicked out. <laughs> you said you're in school? Yeah. Well, it was after hours. We were at the vet clinic. Okay. This is this is when they were hanging out at school after hours. They're hanging out at school after like hours. Parachute. Yeah. Full day. We were at the vet clinic. Which is way cooler. Way cooler. Everything's coming full circle now. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, well, the, your friends on here, you're, you're going to rewatch this and make sure that you want. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Mary knows me. What I'll do is just edit it differently when I put it up <laughs> on my channel and, and not tell anybody. So I'll put it on dub my it channel over. tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to dub it over. You got all the answers. <laughs> like a bad Godzilla movie. <laughs> see here. So was that, so. I don't know. That, and I remember watching. I think it's Critters on TV. It's like the Mini second beard. one. Mini beard. Let me tell you, I've had a mustache since I was like in eighth grade or sixth grade, and I have not sh- shaved since I started growing facial hair. Wow. So what? I've never, I've never been uh, like sixth grade. I think I started growing a mustache. Wow. I've never clean shaven since I started. So I don't know what I would look like. My wife wants me to. I'm just like, it can't happen. <laughs> can't do it. Maybe one day when I'm when I'm dead, you can shave it off. 
dog. So you you mentioned that you do go to conventions every now and then, right? Or... Well, the so I went to AuthorCon in Virginia, and that was my first. And then okay, Brightmare, so it was my second ever. But it was it it was fun. So did, you books, what, did you sell books? Did you sell books at Brightmare, or is it just? No, you have to kill someone, and I'm willing to do that. <laughs> yeah. Kill to get a table at Frightmare. Well, because I was always curious, like what you what people get out of those conventions. I know, obviously, you're, you're going, you're trying to get exposure and all that stuff. But I already see picture, and and hopefully that doesn't come out wrong. No. But I already see pictures of the riders hanging together, but I don't see a lot of the people coming to meet you and get the books and all. So I've always wondered like what actually happens at these conventions, what you get out of it. Are there actual fans showing up or new people? AuthorCon in Virginia was, um, was that like, it was mostly authors, but surprisingly a, a good amount of people and some authors were selling out. Um, I didn't, so I'm not that well known. Um, I guess you got to be a bigger like name to sell out, but uh, I sold a, I sold more than I thought I would, but I was more there to like meet friends I'd only known online and the networking, mm -hmm. and then just feeling like you're part of the author community because sometimes it's hard to you know through the computers. Right. Um, yeah. It was it was invaluable. Um, I'm doing it again next year. I already got my table. Um, so even if I break even or not even that it's still worth it to me um mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun a lot of fun uh rebecca roland and uh doug ford and i ended up hanging out a lot so it was nice to finally meet them in person so uh the networking part of it's probably the best part for you all yeah other than it seems, it seems like books. every week there's mentions of a new one on on twitter and i, I lose track uh, of where they are and what they're what's going on with them but there was just max booth just did one in texas right yeah, yeah okay. ghoulish ghoulish book festival yeah to that we had tickets to ghoulish in san antonio and um we had already gotten these other tickets too to the texas frightmare so we ended up going there okay um mm -hmm. which was a little bit more of a drive because we're, we're right on the coast uh, we're south of Houston. Um, so it's like an hour and a half further to go to Dallas than San Antonio drive-wise. But it still wasn't bad. Um, and and Frightmare is more like movie actors and stuff, right? Yeah. And Ghoulish was more writing. Um, and since we were going together, we both appreciate more the the movie side of things. Um, mm -hmm. Had a blast. Really did. Was there any book stuff there at all? Yeah, there were some publishers there, um, and there were some authors that um, I stopped and chatted with. Um, there's a publisher that's local that I finally, like, I was like, oh, I get to finally, like, put a face with the name. We've been chatting on social media a little bit, but he wasn't there. Someone else was working his booth, uh -huh. but they were they were doing pretty well, it looked like, so. Uh, but I think the big draw on those are the movies, and so your movie memorabilia and your actors are the bigger bigger things i wouldn't yep. i don't think it would be worth it to to get a table honestly because mm -hmm. you're not getting that personal interaction like with other authors um, yeah, right. and you're not selling that much so we so, have I mean, one here in kentucky called Scarefest, mm. and it's mainly mainly for you know actors and stuff but i know before the pandemic death's head press had a table there one year mm -hmm. and i'm gonna forget his name jared he Burn wrote the yeah, Jared, them, and then uh, the author, 
Uh, he wrote Cruel Summers. I can't think of his name right now. Mm-hmm. Jay, you read that book. I did. Cool. Well, he was there. He had a table there too. But yeah, the Death's Head team was there. Hmm. I think they were supposed to. Whoever the author, I can't think of. He was going to go last year, but his plane got delayed, so he couldn't make it. Yeah. It's bother me. I can't think of his name now. But I'm going to try to go this year, and hopefully, some some authors show. I want Laurel to get a table there. It's mm-hmm. usually in like September, October. I think she's going to the the Mothman thing out in West Virginia that month. Because you're where are you, Brad? I'm in Kentucky. Kentucky, okay. Wesley Southern. Yeah, Wesley Southern. That's him. Yeah. There yeah. So I've that. seen book people selling stuff at the 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 movie cons before. They seem to do pretty decently at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Justin knows. Justin knows everything oh, I, tonight. I, yeah, I, know. He's I looked it up on Amazon. So I, was like, I, I just <laughs> I reviewed it like two years ago. I'm but. so bad with names. Like I can remember someone's face forever, but I just I cannot remember names at all. So now my sister's in the chat. The Marisa Dudley. <laughs> Mitch, <laughs> killer. It's funny because I'm five seven and she's not even five foot. Don't let her lie to you. <laughs> and uh, very so she gets the midget jokes all the time. So, do you have a lot of family members wanting you to put them in their book in your in your books? Not really. Well, yeah, my stepdad. And your stepdad. <laughs> I'm the youngest of five siblings, um, and I don't even know. Like, my sister's not a big reader. Um, mm-hmm. Claims, and this is not the same as reading, Marisa. She claims that uh, <laughs> she heard like a friend of hers read "Come Join the Murder" and told her all about it. So she feels like that's good enough because she's not really a reader. Wow, she's got the, she's got the, the cliff notes. <laughs> Ryan said she's four nine. I think she might be four ten. Dang. I don't. Yeah, so but... your husband said she's four four nine. Four nine. So she had to use like a like a child booster seat in a car. Probably <laughs> no, she doesn't. Um, I don't even. I don't even know her. I'm throwing shade. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I got it. See, now you should you should put her in a book, and in the book have her character reading "Come Join the Murder." Yes, um, that's my my mom is a huge reader. She's who got me into reading at a young age. But like, she reads everything of mine. But um, I don't. Four ten. My other brothers did. They haven't the told. Shoes. She says four ten. <laughs> Mary. Mary doesn't really read either. She comes to the book clubs to drink because we meet at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> so your your mom read when you were little. She she the one that got you into reading then. Yeah, she um, her piles of Stephen King were some of the first things. Like like everybody in my generation, yeah. uh, some of the first books I read that I felt like I was sneaking, like being an adult, um, mm-hmm. were like Tommy Knockers and like the big ones, you know. Uh, and she gave me her Stephen King collection, so oh, I've nice. got. Quite a good, and I haven't read not even a fourth of them, but I'm trying to make my way through them all. Oh, I've, yeah, yeah I, I have the whole collection. I haven't read a tenth of them. <laughs> like, I feel like I've read a lot. I've read like 20 something, but then you look at how many he's written, it's like that's a quarter of them all. <laughs> and it's an investment. I mean, yeah. it's- like this whole bookshelf back here, it's, it's all Stephen King all the way down to the bottom. Hmm. So is he. Did you have any writer influences? Like, was Stephen King a writer influence for you, or is it more more so other authors you've read? Um, yeah, yeah, I would say Stephen King. Um, always liked Edgar Allan Poe. Um, and then when I started writing, I started really delving into like the indie horror community more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Chad Lutsky was one of the first that I read, right. and yeah. I was just in awe that like 
the talent. Um, I'm still a big fan of his. Um, yeah, he's, it's like he's the foundation of indie horror. You have to go yeah. through his stuff first. <laughs> right intro to, to the just the genre. Right. How did you get? How did you find indie horror? Because I remember for the longest time, like I didn't know it existed. Like all these authors I read now, never heard of any of them before. Yeah. Just one I, day, I just like fell to a black hole. And it was like all this new stuff. I was listening to podcast on writing, and then I came across the This Is Horror podcast with uh, Bob Pastorella and Mike Michael something. Yeah. Mike mm-hmm. Wilson, Michael David Wilson, and they mentioned. Chad Lutsky and I'm writing down names like of who the books they're mentioning and, and I'm looking them up and that's that's how I heard about them. I kind of did the same thing with with BookTube. I would watch videos and like yeah. they would mention some horror like and I found like Edward Orange channel and he would mention like Chad Lutsky a lot and then started falling down that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never really set out to be indie horror reviewing person with my channel. It was well, I don't know what I was going to do, but I it you do you take one step and it goes it just goes deeper and deeper and deeper <laughs> i don't know how yeah spirals out of control quick yeah my, my most of my tbr is now the smaller press horror um just yeah. where the like exciting stuff is um yeah boundary pushing and that not that the bigger ones aren't either but i feel like indie can take a little more risks right there aren't as many hands in it yeah you know? and so if you want to write something a particular way yourself you are the last person who's going to make any changes to it, you know, not some big, huge editor. That's going to be like, like we need to sell it to this demo. So yeah. what you got to do. What, what is it about the, uh, the horror genre though, that, that attracts you uh, to do the horror? Are we ever going to see any kind of like other genre from you? So a lot of the, the short stories I wrote early on, like for the couple of things I mentioned earlier, like the 500 word stories. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And there are, website under short fiction um they're they're more literary more like okay. emotional. um and i really enjoy doing that and i felt like i uh it was more of a strong suit but when i started writing horror i discovered the horror community as a whole and they are so passionate and the horror reader like bigfoot like come join the murder is considered a psychological thriller and it's mm-hmm. hard to stand out there's so many but like yeah. bigfoot if you like Bigfoot, you love Bigfoot. <laughs> they're so much more passionate, and that's exciting. And that's I don't know. I like the, I like that about the horror community. They just, just somebody, yeah. Somebody it's like Hunter Shay. Hunter Shay loves Bigfoot. He's yeah. all about it. Oh my god, he uh, he reviewed it um, recently, and I think I put on Twitter like, "Oh my god, like Hunter Shay liked my Bigfoot book. Like I can die yeah. now." <laughs> yeah. There's just so many groups under the umbrella of of horror. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll you'll have your groups who love Bigfoot and other like creatures like that, and then you have your groups who hate Bigfoot and werewolves and and all that stuff. So it's just like, yeah, you're always but, but, everyone, but everyone gets along though. They're like, you know, they're not we're like hey, like that. You know, that's, yeah. that's nothing. So <laughs> the the like literary versus genre, right? That yeah. people mm-hmm. don't take it as seriously and like, but I think there can be depth and and gore and the splatter stuff um and it's it's just what you're in the mood for at the time and there's a place for all of it um it's fun to me it's a lot of like i love if you don't stop my dog i love <laughs> like i love piranha the original and i love jaws and like zombiever and like the 
killer clowns from outer space. Like Zombiever's great. It's so bad. It's great. Yeah. And like killer clowns, same. And yeah. I, oh, someone was dressed up as the killer clowns, and uh, they looked straight from the movie. And I took a picture with them, and I was wearing the shirt. Um, oh yeah. At at Frightmare, but uh, I don't know. Like, there's just something like comforting, kind of, about the cheesy stuff. It's not. It's yeah. not. Uh-huh. Are you? You're not in any danger of like. It's just fun. Do you ever draw inspiration from some of the g- cheesy bad movies like that for? stories that might work better in the written format so <laughs> i have a short story i've been trying i've been having a hard time finding a home for it and i don't know what to do with it but it's called octa squatch <laughs> wow maybe- <laughs> send it to hunter hunter say we'll find a place for it because it's yeah. got squatch in the end of it i had the best time writing that so do you, do you like the creature feature stuff more you think for yourself I- I do. Uh, Lake Placid's one of my favorites. Like I said, Jaws, Piranha. The water ones um, are just, I don't know. To me, like the the biological sci-fi horror stuff, like the mm-hmm. mutant stuff that like, could happen, you know? I don't know. It's just fun. You, you ever consider maybe writing a script? Uh, briefly, um, some friends in my writer group were, were starting to get into it. Uh, I think it'd be fun, but uh, one thing at a time, I'm still, there's still so much to learn in this other. Yeah. Um, you thought about diving into other, any other genres like crime or anything like that? Noir or anything? Space erotica. Space erotica is Jay's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I wrote like a noir thing for an anthology. Um, what was it called? I don't even remember. It's out of print now. It's on a shelf somewhere. Um, and it was fun, but it's not really, uh, I'm not as passionate about it. And when you're not as passionate, like, I think it shows. Yeah. 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 So horror is your bread and butter then? You think? It's fun. Um, to me, it's fun. And that's what this should be, right? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I think the horror genre, it could be so fun because it's so, so loose. And yeah. You, you could you could head down so many different roads and be accepted with it still. You could get a little bit bizarre and, and not mm-hmm. cross over to Bizarro world and still, you know, hammer home. You know, if you want to be graphic over the top, fine. It still works. So I feel I like it's the most versatile genre out of all of them, I think. Um, and it's weird because I'm not a big fan of ghost stories or mm-hmm. horror houses, which seem to be like 90% of horror. Um mm-hmm. So it's fun, like finding the other stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because horror can be you know, horror, sci-fi, horror, fantasy, horror, space erotic. You know, it can be whatever. <laughs> it's everywhere. Like my bloody Valentine. I, I yeah. love that movie. <laughs> it's so weird and yeah. Did you see so, that one in three D when it came out? No, I didn't. I didn't. They did make a three D, didn't they? I did. Okay. I remember that's like one of the first three D movies I saw, and it was like one of the best like three D moments in it. If that makes sense. I didn't watch it in 3D. There's a one scene where he throws the pickaxe and I actually ducked. Did you really? Yeah, it was like, oh gosh. Wasn't the last, uh, well, not the most recent Saw movie, but when everyone thought it was going to end, I think it was in 3D. 3D the also. one with uh, Chris Rock, that one? 
No, no, not that one. Not the most recent one, but when I thought the series was actually ending okay. several years ago. Yeah, I think, I think it, it was made, 3D. I think it made it 3D, and there, there was a uh, one, I forget what scene it was, but it's a box or something, but I jumped. I, and it was just really weird. And to, to go back to Friday the 13th, Fire 13th Part 3 was in 3D. Because mm. you can just watch it on a normal TV, and they're like they're like sticking the cue, the pull cue, like up at the camera. You can tell it's like trying to be 3D. And there's one scene the guy's holding the eyeball up at the camera, like doing this. You can tell it's, those are the 3D moments, but there's no 3D because it's just on normal <laughs> TV. It's so bad. But yeah, but that 3D, well, you had like you the, the, the red, and the blue, the red, the blue, yeah, glasses for those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D was one of my favorites, and everyone hates it. Um, Is it the one with McConaughey? The cousin. It's the one with the cousin. <laughs> and there's a cheesy line at the end, and she's like, go get them, cuz, or do your thing, cuz. <laughs> that yes. One. That was fairly recent, right? Within the last, like, decade or so, right? Yeah, it's a Daddario. What's her name? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Something. Uh, that one was so bad. I loved it. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't like the newer one, either. It was bad, too. The Netflix one? Yeah, like it had no, cool kill bad. scenes, but like the yeah. logic to it was just so stupid. Oh, we did see that, but that was the bus scene, right? The bus scene was great. Yeah. Everybody took out their phone, and then he just got slaughtered. <laughs> well, that, no. that would you know that would so happen today? Like some serial killer comes up, and everybody's trying to film it on their phone. That we met the guy at Frightmare and took a picture with him and um, the original, or like what he used in the chainsaw he used in the new movie. Uh-huh. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. But super nice guy, and it's not my favorite. Uh, but it still has some cool like kills, and it's it's part of the franchise, and I like that franchise. So I, I had COVID when I watched it, so I don't have a, a clue if I liked I, it or not. Or, or <laughs> you you were trashing I, it and on Instagram, just messaging me like this movie's well, dumb. Story, yeah, the story itself was horrible. Um, like I'm not ready the, to. But, who knows? Yeah, the 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 logic to it was not very good. No, like it didn't, but the kill. Cool. Like the rich banker woman, she like sees the guy over there dead, and she didn't tell anybody. But she sits on the bus. Like, why? Why don't you tell anybody? And then well, they just all sit. I, there. I gotta say, the original. I don't think the original. I don't like the original good. one. I think but... the original is overrated. <laughs> I like the original. You like? I, I think the best one I've seen. I want to say, two thousand three. I think that's my favorite. What the the sheriff guy that's real angry all the time with uh, Jessica Biel. Yeah, I think um, that's my yeah. favorite one. Too, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's probably my favorite. Yeah. yeah. That one is good. Yeah. What's that guy's name that was always angry all the time? He he been, he passed away recently. He was almost like a sergeant. Arlie Emery. Yeah. 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 He was like a real life drill sergeant and they he'd start doing stuff in the movies. Well, no, like so with the new Texas Chainsaw, I didn't understand. So they had the the original, I forgot her name. Yeah, the original girl that survived. She was now like a, I don't know, like some kind of detective or cop or something. She'd been was looking. Was she anything? I thought she was just like. Uh, she was the sheriff, wasn't she? Yeah, well, she. I think she was like like a, what our equivalent of like a Texas Ranger kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. And it's like she had spent decades looking for this person who was in the same. <laughs> like yeah. Every, oh, this weird person lived there. Like, how did you not connect that? And his picture was on the wall with like all the other students and stuff. Yeah. Knew like when they showed up, they're like, Oh, yeah, that's the weird guy. Like, I mean, the I house know. is right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How do you miss that? How do you but, miss I, And then, I, but it's okay. I feel like they're making a sequel because what he does at the end, 
Yeah. She goes to the, he's walking to the original house at the end. Oh God, my mom, uh, oh, she just today, there's a place about three hours away where they film the Texas chain. The, was it the first one? I don't, I don't I, know. I think it's the first one. Yeah. Um, they call it the gas station now. They're having like a signing of someone next week, I think. Um, that's funny. She just went today. She likes horror. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we don't have any like places like that in Kentucky because nothing ever happens here. Oh. So there's no cool, no cool places to go visit like where the movie was filmed or anything. Yeah. We have the, uh, the we have the prison where Shawshank Redemption was filmed. The the penitentiary. Yeah, the, pen, the Ohio State Penitentiary. That's, um, up in Mansfield, yeah, it's a great movie. Like the coolest place we have is uh Waverly Hills Sanatorium, but I don't think anything's ever been filmed there. They do like a bunch of ghost shows there all the time. Mm. Hmm. What well, episode um, of movie talk's been great, everyone? <laughs> <laughs> so, with you, you were talking about earlier that Easton Falls Massacre, you're writing book two. When you originally wrote it, was it set to be? an ongoing thing or just something not, that came up afterwards after it was over not at all and uh i'm a fan of open endings in general um mm-hmm. so i had several people like okay well when's the next book and I'm like, what? there's not well, one but on amazon it says book one that's why that's why oh. i said it, it confuses me <laughs> the uh the first the uh the publisher that did the first one it was it was this, did not this one doesn't say book one on not it. Say, one they went back and added that later oh okay Um, Okay. so if you have one of the the first printings it did not say book one on it because we weren't planning on on expanding it but we had so much fun with the uh the bigfoot clan and the kind of wanted to tell more from like their perspective um (laughs) and more of that um, the culture and stuff uh so that's what part two is going to be about is it also going to be like novella length or is it going to be a bit longer or we don't we're not sure yet I don't know yet. Um, if it's really long, we'll break it into two more novellas. If it's yeah, this I, is going to be the big thousand page uh, <laughs> brick. Bigfoot, the Bigfoot books, a thousand pages. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into the family history and the family tree and the lineage going back decades and decades. <laughs> yeah. And family trees in the back. No, uh, I don't know. Um, until we finish it, we don't really know. Bigfootancestry.com. <laughs> <laughs> It's their version of Game of Thrones. It's got you got flip the appendix at the back and find out who's related to who and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, with you start just starting writing what, four or five years ago, did anyone give you like awesome piece of advice? Did anyone give you some really bad advice that still <laughs> you laugh at today? Tons on both sides. Yeah, um, I think like the best advice was. Like your first draft is going to be a pile of shit. Like it's yeah. mm-hmm. going to be. And so don't compare your first draft to ever, to what's on your shelf. Um, and so that's like, that help it helps out a lot when you're writing it. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I could see that being very discouraging. Like, oh, this sucks. Because <laughs> it does. I mean, yeah. It's just chain of, train of thought stuff. Um, and nothing all makes sense. You don't tie everything in to the editing phase and, uh, yeah, the first draft is always shit. What else was some good advice? <laughs> uh, right I need to be on a shirt. The first <laughs> draft is always shit. <laughs> Big ball of shit. Um, and there's definitely the like write what you know thing isn't really good because it's not it's not interpreted as like 
people think, oh, right, well, you know, like I'm a photographer, so let's like have photography horror. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's right what you know, as in, have you ever had your heart broken? Have you ever lost someone? Have you ever been been afraid for your life? Like those kind of like emotional things that mm-hmm. you can tie into stuff. Um, I think that's more of like what it means, but because I don't want to be tied down to just what I know, because then I would be very limited. I don't know that much. Yeah. That'd be very boring for you because after a while you'd run out of stuff to write about. Yeah. Well, I was telling somebody like I, I've put little bits of myself in everything I've written, um, whether it's like a location that was important to me or like a car I had or a job I had or friends or what we did. It's like eventually am I going to just run out of stuff? Like, <laughs> yeah. To get from. It's like Stephen that, King, whole, every character is an author. <laughs> right. But that whole right. What you, I mean, so that would mean I would write like sports horror, you know, <laughs> music horror, rock and it. roll horror. Yeah, that's, that's all I could do. So <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, step outside that. <laughs> He's talking about you demolish his draft. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, here's your here's your drama, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, hour and a half into it, let's, let's do this. <laughs> he was writing a still is Ryan wherever you. He's not in the house. I don't know where he's watching. <laughs> Um, outside the window <laughs> that was him hawking the horn earlier <laughs> I know. like hurry up we gotta go someplace <laughs> uh, he, he was he was several chapters into like a horror um around a poker game and like the devil and it was really cool but i it was i was early on i didn't know to be more supportive in the beginning than red pen stuff um <laughs> i was excited that i i knew a few more things than i did so I was like, let me just do all the things like X's and lines. And uh, and that was the wrong thing to do on someone's first book. Like, I wasn't. And then he you stopped. cry. I feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> stopped writing it. But uh, he did say, like, the story was going somewhere. He didn't really want it to go. It sort of took on a different yeah. direction. And so he's got to, like, realign. But apparently he's still holding on to a little... <laughs> little feelings about the uh, first draft. You know, I, I hear about that every now and then, where it, it kind of just takes on its own mm-hmm. world, and then kind of either something sometimes good, sometimes bad. So the entire thing was not red, Ryan. <laughs> God, just handing like a back a piece of red construction paper. <laughs> Several X's, red X's. You know what? I don't even think he still has it. There's no proof. <laughs> he just threw it away. It was so you couldn't even read anymore. It was too. He still rare. has he a file. It's it's hidden on on that computer <laughs> that you use that makes a noise when you when you start it up. Yeah, uh, I'll never like be forgiven for that. <laughs> yeah, but in my defense, he hated the idea of parachute before I wrote it. Really? Yeah. One bounce ideas about like what should I write next? Blah blah. There goes all credibility. He might have. Had. He was like, eh. <laughs> That doesn't sound interesting to me. Eh. Was it the idea of, of it just being the parachute or the idea of going to different worlds? I think all of it. It wasn't like... He, <laughs> he just hated all of it. <laughs> I don't think he he could see like uh, where it was going to go. But then when he read it, he's like, he liked it. So, or he mm-hmm. said he did. So. It was just so, payback. Oh, he's... <laughs> so a friend of ours owns a bar uh, about, what, 10 minutes away. And so... Who's all watching it? I don't oh, know. It's just playing live to the bar. I know. It's on all the TVs and everything. Yeah, it's on the big TVs. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the volume cranked to the max. 
thought. Probably, probably. But see, it, it already shows up as one viewer for us, though. <laughs> yeah, it'll be one viewer and the whole bar is watching. I know. Great. When my brother owns a bar about 20 minutes in a different direction, and we play poker there every Thursday night. So I know he's not watching it there. He's at the other one. Yeah. So you said you described it more as being sci-fi. Well, I can see some sci-fi elements in it a little bit. Uh, I mean, it's not like it's not like techie sci-fi or anything like that. But sort of yeah. the, the world hopping is sci-fi fantasy-ish. Yeah. Is that where the books... So <laughs> Ryan did write... <laughs> he did write like a satirical children's book. And uh, mm -hmm. he did a book finding at our friend's bar. So Nice. So with, with Parachute, are you going to do like a book release launch party or book signing or anything for it i don't know um so when come join the murder came out i had these big plans we were going to do a big signing at our local library and we were going to go to a restaurant and we rented the back room we were going to have a big party we're going to get mm -hmm. drunk uh and then uh it released in march of 2020 so if that tells you right when yeah. covid oh yeah great and timing so this is the first time i've ever released anything when stuff was open because Bigfoot was the same story. Um, so I haven't been able to do anything. The the thing in Virginia, the author con was my first time to ever have a table anywhere. Um, mm -hmm. It was a lot of fun, but I don't, I don't know. Like, can you do like a launch party if it's not like your first book? Um, does yeah. anyone care? I don't yeah, book, right? I mean, yeah. Like uh, Ronald Kelly's doing a launch party for his like a uh, memoir thing in September that's coming out. And that's probably uh, who knows how many books he's written. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I may, I may. Do you should that. do I, it because technically I, this would be. It's not your first book, but technically it's your first chance to do a launch party since everything's been shut down before. Do you, you, should, do you ever get recognized? Do people know you out and about? Hey, you're the writer. No, <laughs> no. Um, so every book. Someone, the first person that came up to me and said they were a big fan, they were excited to meet me. I almost died. <laughs> that's cool though well, see that's why you need to do a launch party so more people yeah come out and like, it's hey, not a it's not a wedding shower it's a launch party <laughs> i know but for real you should i would if i was an author i would want i would do a party for every book some sort whether it was just you know celebrating with friends or whatever yeah i just i don't know i'm not i'm not uh, that social um it was a lot for me to go to AuthorCon and like be around a bunch of strangers and talking and stuff. But I don't know. I think I could have, I'd have to drink. <laughs> like, just get all the people fine. at the bar or where your husband's at right now. Just do it there. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. That works. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So with, uh, go ahead, Brad. I would say with only, you know, your books came out in what, 2020 is your first book. How mm -hmm. do you feel like your career has gone so far? You feel like it's gone pretty good so far as, as far as what maybe your expectations were going into it? Yeah. Um, I'll say going into it from more reading, more traditionally published stuff than indie stuff. I had different expectations mm -hmm. of uh, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to get an agent. Mm -hmm. I'm going to land a big five deal and I'm going to be the unicorn that they like push and yeah. top the dog's it's good. <laughs> You're fine. Uh, and uh, when I started writing and learning more about the indie stuff and the smaller press stuff, um, I feel like it's more for me. Uh, like I'll probably self-publish everything. I like the mm -hmm. control. I like seeing the 
immediate results of any ads that I run. And I like uh, getting my author copies for a really good price. Um, <laughs> I like all that. And, and I make a lot more on the self-published than I do on the other, the first one that's traditional. Well, not, it's like a medium sized publisher. Yeah. Um, so I, I, there's still that, you know, you see people, you, there's people in the author community that I'm like, oh, like they're indie authors horror. They're proud of that. They love it. That's what they do. And then they're like, they get an agent and they're like, my dreams came true. And I'm like, well, it's weird. Like, is that everybody's dream? Like, right. it's not really the sign of success. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Making like the New York Times bestseller list would be amazing. And um, is that easier to do with the big five? Yes. Is it still rare? Yeah. Like it's, it's hard to get that deal that gets pushed and that gets all that money and the, and the um, marketing behind it. Cause you could mm -hmm. have a, a big, big five or big three now and not be, and be like on their mid list. Right. And you're right. still doing a lot of your own marketing. You're still doing a lot like pushing yourself. Um, so you're, you're only getting 10% of your book sales, which is what is a traditional amount. And you're having to do a lot of the work. And that's just, that's weird to me. Like you put so much into this and you're only getting 10%. That just baffles. Yeah. I don't, I don't. So it's for, as far yeah. as like being happy with where I'm at and like the journey. Um, yeah. I'm really happy. I'm really proud of what I've done. Um, there's definite things I probably would have done differently here and there, but it's a learning process and, and I'm, uh, I'm just excited to keep going and seeing where it goes. It's got to be so so much harder these days to be one of the, part of those uh, big five or big three, whatever it's now, because it, it's an age of social media and, and everything's got to be video and, and kids are not or like books. What, what, what the hell is a book, you know, and, and <laughs> yeah. not, you know, so it's just a whole different world than what it was, you know, years ago when, you know, people were hitting the New York Times bestsellers list and all that stuff. So it's just. And just because you're even on that list doesn't mean your book's good anyway. Right. Like a lot of that <laughs> right. stuff isn't good. I mean, not or that it's like garbage, but it's not like I would rather read an indie book than I would this cookie cutter book that you're going to go find on all the bookshelves at Walmart and Barnes and Noble and stuff. Boom. Take that big five. Yeah, so, <laughs> boom. I like some of those books. Like, you know what you're going to get. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's a safe reading experience. Like, you know what you're going to get. There's a certain formula sometimes and it's, it's guaranteed and and that's nice too so like not one is better than the other i just think this route is better for me yeah and it's we, not uh, like they're all cookie cutter like like uh i'm reading the fervor right now by amakatsu it's really good i read um oh. razor blade tears by s.a cosby recently that was really good but still not that they're cookie cutter but they still are they're all around that 300 page mark so you have to either squeeze your story or expand your story into yeah. sort of that same page range it seems like a lot of the time too yeah um i i read omakatsu's uh the hunger i really liked that one but mm -hmm. i talked book club into doing um razor blade tears so we're i think it's really good week or two we're meeting to discuss it oh, that's cool I, I don't read fast but i read that in just two or three days i blew through it pretty really? quick yeah it was good it flows really well as we wind down here, so you can go fight with your dogs a little bit on this. Party. <laughs> what what's up aside aside from a parachute? Do you have other works in progress? Do you have other things getting ready to pop up? Oh yeah, 
want to plug. Um, so there's a uh, Rebecca Roland is editing another anthology that I'm in. Um, it's going to be really exciting. It's one of my favorite topics, and I can't say a lot about it, but like it's going to be great. Um, so I have to get that out, that story finished, and then we're going to work on Bigfoot too. And that's really as far as this year. That's all I've got planned. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. And uh, I always ask people. Where can people find you? I, I know you're all over social media, all over. So, uh, my website is hollyraygarcia.com. Right. Pretty easy. Um, the Twitter's Holly Ray Garcia, Instagram's Holly Ray Garcia, Facebook is Holly Ray Garcia. Author. So original. <laughs> oh, so you're just easy. Um, yeah. It's an easy thing to. And Brad will have those in the description for the video yeah. down below. Thank and you. We'll, we'll put it up on the podcast too when I do that tomorrow at some point. So, uh, I did want to ask you one last yeah. thing about uh, Go ahead. Parachute. Okay. How did you hook up with Wayne to do the cover? Wayne Finland to do the cover? I love Wayne. Cool such, Wayne is yeah. the nicest guy. Yeah. He's good people. Uh, that's what, <laughs> um, we I'm friends with him on social media. Um, mm -hmm. He was one of the beta readers. Okay. Uh, for parachute and then i saw that he was doing these covers that were fantastic and i was like yeah. who at the time i was um i headed out to five different mid-sized publishers so i say like i'd rather self-publish there's a very small amount of people i would give that up for um mm -hmm. and they're all indie publishers at this point but uh i had it with them for like two weeks uh different people and that process takes months so it was still early yeah. And I shot Wayne a message. I was like, hey, you've read the book. Like you, you do covers just like for fun. What, what would you do? Like, I'll pay you for this, but like, I'm just curious uh, what mm -hmm. ideas you would have. And he came up with something like perfect that perfectly represented the story. And uh, I said, I love it. And I pulled the, uh, the submissions to the other places the same day. And like, okay, I'm self-publishing it because I have to use this cover. Nice. So did he do everything? Because I know it said you did something on the cover. Did you do the font on there? Or what did you do on there? Um, I He did the cover art. Um, and we uh -huh. worked together on the layout and fonts. Okay. So I was doing it and sh uh, sending him like pictures. Like, do you think <laughs> that? And so. I like the scratchy font because on like your banner, you've got like the, the girl with her, her eyes scratched out and stuff for the parachute so i like the the scratchy font that's going on on there thank you yeah. i think it came out great it is uh is easton falls publishing is that your sort of your indie public your self-pub sort yeah. of brand we were uploading it and we're like crap let's let's like i don't want to just have my name or his name as a publisher <laughs> both of us um so we're like just just easton falls it's fine we're never going to need this or do it again and now like we used it for parachutes <laughs> Do you think ever in the future you might publish somebody else's stuff under Easton Falls Publishing? Or is that just going to be for you and your husband? Probably not. Um, during the pandemic, I worked on a magazine that was not the best experience when you're working hard on someone else's dream. Mm -hmm. uh, so probably not, no. Just, just stick <laughs> to the Bigfoot stuff and whatever you're writing. Yeah, so where I can um, just work on my own stuff and not, uh, yeah, it's just easier. Holly, we can't thank you enough for uh, joining us this evening. Totally thank appreciate it. We're, we're just two two bums from microphones, but you know, <laughs> you'll get excited for some of the big names we get on the show here. So we totally appreciate it's it. It's fun to talk to everybody. Yeah. Yeah.
I like listening to y'all's talks. Um, Lansdale has the best like one-liners. Lansdale. Yeah. <laughs> I was shocked that he actually came out. I was like, wow, that's a big name. That oh, is. Yeah. A- he, he's probably not very far away from you either, is he? He's more like East Texas. Um, he's closer to the Louisiana border. I'm probably like mm-hmm. three from the Louisiana border. So everything's like said, we, We've done a lot of Texas guests this season. Lansdale, Max, Holly. I'm sure yeah. there's. Um, uh, I don't know. Isn't he Texas too? Who? Who? Gabino Iglesias. Um, he's in Texas. I, th- yeah. I think Jeremy Hepler might be in Texas. He's coming up soon. Okay. I might be wrong about Jeremy. I don't know, but I think he's in Texas too. A lot of us. We, we might as well just give our whole lineup. So you- yeah, just everybody <laughs> in Texas. <laughs> yeah. So again, thank you so much for joining us. We totally appreciate it. Hopefully, we didn't you know waste your evening too much. <laughs> Guys, thank you. It's it, it's still early. Well, you're an hour behind us, so it's still early there. You yeah, can meet, you can meet up at the bar and, and do what you got to do. Uh, you can watch the replay it. on all the TVs at the bar. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do for our guest this evening. Pick up parachute. Exactly. Yeah. It, it it's a lot of fun. Of course, pick up the other stuff too because I'm, I'm working yeah. my way through them. Um, but yeah, so much fun. Thank you so much, Holly Ray Garcia. Everyone, parachute May twentieth. A week May from 20th. today. Yes. So, so, and she needs to do a launch party for it, whatever that is. Yeah. I believe that the launch party, uh, uh, planning is taking Mary place in is the already chat right now. So we're <laughs> having one. <laughs> so we're having it. We're having it. Um, maybe we'll get video from it and upload it. We'll, <laughs> we'll go from there. Yeah. All right. Let's go do it, guys. Totally appreciate everyone hanging out with us once again for uh, this episode of Paper Cuts. Until we meet again, stay safe. Bye. See ya. Thank Love you, Jay.